Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonnell here. I'm a professional property investor. been investing now for almost 20 years. I did a Q&A session answering questions from you, the community. It was really popular, so what I thought I'd do is do another one. So in this video, I'm gonna be reading more of your comments from some of our videos. We're building a great community here on YouTube. If you wanna be part of that community, make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. In YouTube, we've done loads of videos every single week on different property strategies. So let's start with a video I did about six months ago, buy now or wait. This is the property market crash revealed. Is now a good time to buy or not? So it's been a no- now really? <laughs> That's me in the video going live. So let's look at the comments that have come through. So Lucy through, T-H-O-U, through, my area properties are expensive, way beyond my budget. The area I have researched is about four hours and my concern is that time of traveling. What would you say? People in London, it sounds maybe you're in the south of England, you're thinking about going up north based on saying they're expensive. Now, people in London, what they want to do is they want to go north. And then people in the, let's say you go up north to Nottingham. And people in Nottingham, they want to go to Newcastle. And people in Newcastle, they want to go to Glasgow. But people in Glasgow, they want to go to Manchester. Manchester people want to go to Nottingham. Nottingham people want to go to London. Everybody wants to invest somewhere else. Everybody's looking at the grass being greener somewhere else. The reality is the property works where you are. Now, single let by to let not might not work where you are, but there's strategies that do work. So many people, what they do is they think, I'm going to invest elsewhere, three, four hours away, but they don't really think about their overall plan. What do I mean by that? Well, you're going to end up traveling in your spare time while you're trying to build your business up and down a motorway, maybe eating motorway services, food, maybe staying overnight in hotels. You're taking in the cost of all of this stuff and you're trying to invest in a town because it's cheap. But cheap does not necessarily mean valuable. Cheap means cheap. As property investors, we're looking for value and there are strategies work in every area. If you're in London, by the way, if you're in an expensive area in the southeast, strategies like rent to rent will work even better than in the north. You'll make more cash flow, higher, more expensive property, more expensive to rent it by the room. So you could do HMOs on a rent to rent basis. You could do serviced accommodation in your area on a rent to rent basis. You could do assisted sales. So what's an assisted sale? Well, buy, refurbish and sell. But an assisted sale is a don't buy, refurbish and sell. A phenomenal strategy in an expensive area. You don't have to pay stamp duty. You don't have to take out a, a mortgage. You don't have any finance costs when you're doing an assisted sale, meaning much more profit. It's basically an agreement with the vendor where you agree a strike price, you delay the sale of that house to that vendor, you come in and you refurbish it without ever buying, and then you sell it for a profit. The vendor gets their price, you get some of the profit, they get some of the profit. The only people that miss out is the government for the stamp duty and the banks are the funders on the funding. You both make more money, you and the vendor. Solve other people's problems, you will make more money. You want to be looking at this as a business. Property is about being, becoming a business. 
and you are the subject matter expert of your area. You know your area better than anybody else. You go up to some northern town, you don't know the streets. You, you go and you buy a property on a cheap street because you think it's a cheap house, and it likely is, but it's a property that you're gonna lose money on because you don't know the streets you're buying in. Find the things that work local to you and become an expert at investing locally. That's the secret to success in property. And this game works in every town in the country. If one person is buying a property in your streets right now, then why can that one person not be you? Frusciante Plectrum. That's what your name is on YouTube. But I'm Irish. English is my second language. So if I've got that wrong, which is a 99% chance is true, I apologize. Um, if we meet publicly in a room sometime in a live event or something, let me know how to pronounce your name correctly. But I've got Frusciante's plectrum and it's probably not your name. <laughs> I'm from Peterborough and I can't figure out which way it's going on the future. So I can't figure out what's going to happen in the future. Interesting. It was or has been a potential booming commuter town for London, but with the pandemic, I'm not so sure it will change the future of London commuting. Neither am I. I'm not so sure either. I used to be indecisive, but now I'm not so sure. It's a medium city with town amenities and I can't see the government investing to encourage a better standard of citizen here. It's regressing. Nobody can predict the future. You can look back or you can move forward, but you can't stay where you are. Peterborough's a great town. So is Northampton and any of those sort of towns that are in that sort of belt, in that area, Milton Keynes, etc. Is there property deals available in Peterborough right now? Absolutely there is. A lot of property deals available in your area. There's opportunity there, but what you're looking at is regeneration, commuter towns. Once the pandemic's over, people forget People will go back to working in London. It, there could be more commuter opportunities, but whether there is or not, what I know about Peterborough is there's over 300,000 people in the population. A significant proportion of those are renters, but whether they're renters or not, there's opportunities for buy to flip. There's opportunities for serviced accommodation. There's opportunities for single let, buy to lets. There's a big opportunity for multi-let HMO rooms. Lots of strategies will work in and around Peterborough. The key is that you are buying value. Amateur property investors, they buy a property at market value, they cross their fingers and hope that the market will go up, or they hope that the government regeneration will increase the value of their property. Professional property investors make money in any market, whether the market's going up, staying flat or going down, a professional property investor makes money because they're buying value. You make more money while you own and you can make money long-term in property as well. So how do you make money when you buy? You buy value. You're buying not the worst house on the worst street. That's bad advice. You're buying the worst house on the average street. The worst house on the average street where you know that with a refurb, you can add value. You add value to that property. There's a big tenant market in Peterborough. There's a big tenant market in every town in this country. You are looking to do a really nice refurb, refinance the property. So you buy it, refurbish it, rent it out, and then refinance it at the new value, pulling out the money that you put in, recycling your cash, 
and going again. And Peterborough is a great town to do that in. So there is opportunities there, but what you're doing at the moment is you're thinking, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I can't make an investment decision because I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. None of us know if we're going to even be here in a week's time or a year's time. That's what life's about. You make your decisions on what you have in front of you today. You buy value today and that's how you create long-term wealth. Gambling is buying a property and hoping it'll go up in value. That's not what you do as a professional property investor. You buy something that you already know you can force the appreciation on yourself. You're not relying on the government. You're not relying on any external factors. This is your business, your property. You buy the right type of properties and there's deals in your areas. And not just Peterborough, every town in this country has got opportunities to invest in property right now when you know what you're looking for, when you know what a deal is. We've got a great comment here, a short one, but a great one, from Pedro Luis Cardinez Quintana. Like your name, I think I got that one right. He says, Pedro says, worst time to invest in property. What's that based on, Pedro? Are you a property investor? Have you bought property? Have you got any property? Or are you just making a comment? Because typically what I see is when people say they can't, what they really mean is they don't know how. Why is it the worst time to invest in property? 2008 was the biggest financial crash in history. If you're listening to this right now and you wish you bought property in 2008, 2007, 2006, I reckon the answer is yes. Here's why. Because house prices are higher today than they were then. Nobody can determine if there's going to be a crash. At, in March 2020, right? March 2020, you go into property investment. To property investment, people would have said, you're nuts, there's a pandemic, house prices are going to drop. Pedro, by the way, made that comment six months ago. How much have house prices gone up in the last six months? So how was six months ago the worst time to invest in property? If you ask Pedro today, he'll probably say today is the worst time to invest in property. And if you ask him next year, next year, it's the worst time to invest invest in property because it's never the right time. It'll never be the right time, right? It's not about the right time to invest. It's about getting into property in the right way. You will never time the market. People who invested in 2006, 7, 8, 9, 10, some invested poorly. They bought at above value. They bought things off, off plan, new bills, things that were never going to make the money as investments. Professional property investors, as I said, buy value. They buy value and they buy it in every market. Professionals are buying in a market that's going up. They're buying in a market that's going down because they observe the masses and they do the opposite. Those that are panicking and selling, the professional investors are picking those deals up. So if you're saying right now, worst time to invest in property, it means you're not educated, you're not sure what you're doing, you don't have a clear property investment plan. It's always the right time to invest in property. Now is always the right time because you're buying the right type of property, you're buying value. Pedro, I would love to meet you. I would love to have a conversation with you around property because if six months ago was the worst time to invest in property and house prices have significantly increased in value since, what is today? And what will it be in six months time? Because the point here is, Pedro, it's about understanding what you're investing in. It's not about the time, it's about the property.
We've got another great question here from B.O. Reardon, fellow Irishman over in Ireland. He says, what about the tax? What about the tax? The, the last time I checked, tax is paid on profit. You pay tax on profit. So what we're really saying is, I don't want to make a profit. I don't want to make money because if I make a profit, I'll have to pay tax. So let's just stay in a job and pay tax before you ever see the money. Because if you're in a job, you get your paid a salary, you get your tax deducted before you receive your wage slip, and then you've got your money, and then you have to buy everything like your phone with post-tax money. So let's not invest in property, where this phone, by the way, is pre-tax money because it's a business expense. The camera I'm looking into is pre-tax money because it's a business expense. So in business, it's about understanding business and property is a business. In, in a job, just over broke, you have a salary, you, your employer deducts your tax before you receive the money, you then get your money. In property, you run it as a business, not a landlord, an investor. Running it as a business, you earn your income, you live and you pay tax on what's left. But it's tax on profit. So let's net not, not make money. Let's not make a profit because I got to pay tax. I want to pay a million pound a year tax. I would love to pay a million pound a year tax. If I'm paying a million pound a year tax, how much money am I making? One of my targets in my business is to have a million pounds a year tax bill. By the way, if you're listening to this and you would love a million pound a year tax bill, let me know below this video. Did anybody see Alan Sugar's tax bill a couple of years ago? Over 65 million pounds tax bill just in one year. Big companies, right, they pay big tax because they make big profits, big profits. I'm not worried about big tax bills if I've got big profits. But here's the other thing. You could be a Google, right? Maybe not as big as Google, but run your business like Google. How do I mean? When you are making money, then you can hire tax specialists who will help you not evade tax, but reduce your tax bill in a legal way. There's lots of things you can offset as tax that you probably don't even realize. So much stuff in property. I just bought an electric car, completely 100% offsetable against tax, zero benefit in kind in the first year, only 1% benefit in kind in year two. Phenomenal, phenomenal discounts compared to buying a diesel car. So it's understanding tax so that you don't have to pay it. And many people are paying way too much tax because they don't have the right tax advisors helping them avoid the tax. But let's focus on making the money, let's create the tax problem, and then hire the right people to solve that problem for you. If you're enjoying this content, remember to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. So let's look at another one of our videos. So five tips for property investing. This is how to get started in property investing, how to buy property the smart way. So this video was from a few months. Are you months. thinking about getting into that was me again. So we've got John Bennett asking a question here is, so I've recently bought a property in my own name rather than setting up a business. My concern now is tax. So my job salary is close to the super tax bracket, which is the high rate tax per, I guess you mean John, which is the 40% tax bracket or even 45% tax bracket. I would like to rent it out now that I fully refurb the property 
but are worried about tax and think it would be easier to sell, set up a company, then start buying. Any advice would be appreciated. John, there's a number of things you could do. Number one is what we always show people, and I'm not a tax advisor, okay? I'm a property investor, so this is not tax advice, but I advise you to go speak to a property tax specialist. Not an accountant, they're not necessarily tax specialists. Apologies if you're watching this and you're an accountant. You're an accountant or you count the, the money. You're being you're the bean counter in the nicest possible way. I'm gonna get so much abuse for calling you a bean counter, but you count the money, you check, you check the accounts. But a lot of accountants are not property investors, but they're not tax specialists. So you need a property tax specialist accountant, somebody who can help you with your property tax and your accounts, or two separate people if they're separate. Now, you bought a property in your personal name, so that means that if you rent it out, you're gonna be hit by what's called section 24. Section 24 means that if since 2017, if you bought a property, and over 25% a year from 17 through to 21, so 100% now of your mortgage payment, so let's say you're paying £400 a month on your mortgage, as an example. Prior to 2017, that £400 was a tax-deductible expense. Now, you ha you, it's no longer offsetable. You're not allowed to offset that as tax deduction, so you've got to pay tax on the £400. Unless you have your property within a limited company. If it's in a limited company, then you can still offset the mortgage portion. Now, John, I don't know if you bought this property personally in your own name, or with another person, so a life partner, a business partner. If there's two of you, you can do what's called incorporation relief. So you can incorporate the property into a limited company. Secondly, you could, if you're only owning it in your own name, you could put it into a limited liability partnership for two years and then incorporate into a limited company. Other than that, what you could do, if you've got a wife or a partner, you could do what's called a deed of trust. So with a deed of trust, you keep the property in your name, but you do a trust deed or a deed of trust between you and your partner, and that spreads the income from that property. So it spreads the liability. Now that might be enough to take you from a 45% taxpayer back down under the 40% threshold. So that could be a solution. Finally, a fourth solution is you could run the property as serviced accommodation. You see, if you run it as serviced accommodation, Section 24 is not applicable, which means as serviced accommodation, you can offset that mortgage portion. As well as that, if you run it as serviced accommodation and it's a business, then you can also apply for what's called capital allowances, which is tax-free money. So capital allowances, you get a surveyor to come out, they will value the capital uh, cost expenditure in the property. Things like the radiators, the lighting, the light switches, the heating systems, all of this stuff, and they'll give it a value. And that is a capital allowance. It's passed on to your accountant, and let's say the capital allowance is 35 grand then the first 35 grand of profit that you make in that property or within your, your properties that are run as serviced accommodation, you will pay zero tax on that money. So John, there's four different solutions for you. Incorporation, LLP to incorporation, deed of trust, or run it as serviced accommodation with the double benefit of not having to worry about section 24 and being able to claim capital allowances.
Hope that helps, John. But selling is not always the best option. So let's move on to another video. Let's pick the first buy to let. This is buying my first buy to let property during lockdown. So this is a video that I did with one of my students, Alex Moyes. Now, Alex entered a seven day joint venture and finance raising challenge that I ran in the community about a year ago. And, and hundreds of people entered the challenge and at the end of the seven days, five people got the opportunity to pitch the deals they found that week to myself and an angel investor. During that live pitch, I funded Alex's deal. So I gave him the funding to do his property deal, his very first buy to let. Now, many people didn't even enter that challenge because I didn't tell people that I'd fund somebody's deal at the end of the challenge. I left it till the last minute of the challenge to announce that because I wanted to fund a deal for an action taker and not somebody who just did it because they were looking for the opportunity. I wanted it to be somebody who put the work in without realizing there was a huge opportunity coming. So Alex got that opportunity. His very first buy to let is in YouTube. Have a watch of the video. Phenomenal opportunity. But let's look through some of the questions that we had from that. Okay, so we've got a question here from Ramon, Ramon Capoy. I think that's right. Can you explain in details how you buy a house without using your own money? Maybe put the numbers on the whiteboard. It's only my suggestion. Cheers. I've got an orange board and I can't write on it because it's my wall. So I don't have a whiteboard, Ramon, but um, how do you buy a property without using any of your own money? There's a number of ways you can do that. Number one is you could use private investor finance. So this deal for Alex, I funded 100% of that purchase price for him. So that's one way you could do it. Private investor finance. Number two is joint venture partner finance. See, if you're doing private investor finance, you've got to pay that money back plus the interest at the end of the term. Now, if your deal isn't going to add enough value to be able to pay that money back at the end of the term, then a joint venture partnership may be a better route. So that with a joint venture partner, the JV partner agrees that they will be leaving some money in the deal. So for instance, Ramon, me and you do a deal together. It's my money, your time, you find the deal, you manage the refurbishment, I put the money in. We own 50-50 of that property and then on refinance, we get, I get most of my money back but I leave a little bit in. The cash flow from the deal gives me the remaining of my money out and then we split the equity 50-50, we split the cash flow 50-50. Now with a 75% buy-to-let mortgage, there's going to be 25% equity in that deal. That is, if it's a 100 grand property, that's 12 and a half grand each and you've put nothing in plus a share of the cash flow. If this property cash flows 300 quid a month, which would be a typical single let buy to let, that's 150 quid each for the rest of our lives. That's not even considering capital growth. That's not even considering creative strategies like serviced accommodation and HMOs, houses in multiple occupation, where you could make over a thousand pounds a month, 500 quid each. So that's what, a couple of ways, Ramon, that you can do no money down deals. It's joint venture partners, private investor partners. But there's other ways. You could do assisted sales. You could do lease options. You could do rent to rents. You could do exchange with delayed completions. You could do vendor finance. Now, what's vendor finance? Well, it's where the seller finances your purchase. Quite often what people do is they go and find a property and they get a good deal and then they go looking for the money. 
But maybe the money is actually in the house. It's in the bricks and mortar of the property. At the end of the day, what is money? It doesn't really exist. Banks lend you money that they do not have. They lend against the value of the asset. You could get the vendor to finance the purchase of that property for you. Vendor finance is a phenomenal strategy that can help you get started in property. So Ramon, there are some ideas of how you do no money down property or none of your own money down. Right, so that's some of your questions in the community answered. If you want your questions answered, make sure that you go through the videos, have a watch, comment on the videos, and I will do more of these answering your questions to help you on your property journey. Make sure to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been amazing. See you next time.